I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, today's a show that really is going to be truly outside the walls. Uh, we're going to talk about a woman who who did just that, who went outside the walls uh, in a very actual and tangible way, uh, because on Sunday, we're going to have the canonization of Mother Teresa as a saint. She's going to be Saint Teresa of Calcutta uh, as of 4 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Now, uh, I am going to be staying up late to watch it, or I guess getting up early. Honestly, if we're going to be honest, it's more likely that I'll stay up late to that time than the other way around. But yeah, um, 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. uh, You know, I always have trouble with that. This is completely random. Uh, I know about Daylight Savings Time, but I, I just wish that they would just have one, like EST, Eastern Standard, and just forget about having to remember if it's EST or EDT when I write. It just bugs me. So most of the time when I write, you'll see I just write 4 a.m. Eastern so that I don't have to think, okay, what time of year is it? Did we fall? I don't know. But anyway, all that to say, 4 a.m. Eastern time, we're going to have the canonization of Mother Teresa from Rome uh, as a saint in the Catholic Church. And so uh, we're going to talk about that today, talk a little bit about her life, and talk with someone who met her uh, in 1988 and exchanged some letters with her. Uh, actually, earlier this week, I got to have a great conversation with uh, Sister Margaret Mary Charles Carey, uh, and she's the daughter of St. Paul. She met Mother Teresa in 1988, exchanged some letters with her, and we're going to talk with her about her experiences and what she has garnered out of that. Uh, and just also uh, about what religious life is like uh, and and why she chose the Daughters of St. Paul. She was very influenced by the life of Mother Teresa. Uh, and so we're going to be talking with her later in the show. We're going to air an interview that I had with her earlier in the week. Uh, we don't get to do that very often, but we're doing it this time. So, uh, yeah, but first let's talk about Mother Teresa. Uh, but before we get there even... Let's talk about the friends of the show. Wait, what? You do that in the third segment. Why are you doing that now? Because uh, I've got other things for the for the fourth segment, uh, actually. And also, because I want to tell you, uh, we, we have begun. I gave away a book yesterday. Uh, Chip won our book. Uh, I, I gave away Abby Johnson's new book, The Walls Are Talking, Former Abortion Clinic Workers Tell Their Stories, available from Ignatius Press, and uh, that went to Chip. Um, he uh, He's one of my few <laughs> friends of the show. Uh, we, we've got more than one, so it actually was a drawing. Uh, but, but there's still room for you. Uh, and what is a friend of the show? A friend of the show is someone who loves this show so much, as I'm sure you do, uh, that they want to help keep it going. Uh, and one of the ways they do that is by uh, contributing $10 a month. That's kind of like a, a Patreon kind of a thing. I don't know if you know about Patreon.com. Maybe it's just the circles I go in. Uh, lots of folks, lots of artists on Patreon. It's kind of like a, an ongoing Kickstarter, right? You, you, you want to see the show succeed. Uh, and, of course, 
I am working with Breadbox Media in the early stages of it. We're doing this uh, excellent thing. Uh, and a lot of that is a step of faith. You know, some of us are, are really taking a step of faith to make sure this thing works out. Uh, and I told my wife, I, I kind of feel like um, Abraham, right? A modern day Abraham, because I, I picked up my family and I left everything and everyone I knew. And we came out here to Kentucky to make this thing fly. And so far, God's been very, very kind to us and, and all of our needs have been met. But, you know, it is one of those times that it's it's scary to get out of the boat when uh, when you see Christ on the water and he beckons you out and you take that first step. It's a scary thing. And so the storm is uh, is still around us. We're quite aware that we are not in the boat. Uh, and so one of the ways that you can help, because I do have six children, I do have to uh, have enough money in the bank account, which we do right now, but uh, have to have enough money in the bank account to be able to go to the grocery store, right? So one of the ways that you can help is by becoming a friend of the show. Now, I'm not just asking for charity. I'm going to give you quality content. You see, you, see, you listen to the show for free. I've got my blog for free over on the Pathios Network. But I've got some things that are premium. And what does that mean? It means for a, a, a minimum of $10 a month, you can give whatever you want on the front of the show. It's going to be a recurring fee every month. Uh, but if you give at least $10, you become eligible for all of the friend of the show benefits. Uh, I gave away that book yesterday to Chip, but I've got tons more sitting right here and more come every month. Uh, publishers, quality Catholic publishers, Ignatius and, uh, oh gosh, who else do I have? Ignatius and Ave Maria and Emmaus. Uh, I think I've got Pauline Press now as well. Of course, we're talking with the Pauline sisters today. Uh, they send me books. I look over them. Sometimes those make it onto the show. The ones that make it onto the show, I give away during the show. The ones that don't, they're great books. They just don't fit the show or I don't have the time for them. I give those away to my friends of the show, right? Not only that, I've got extra blogs. I've got extra videos. Uh, in addition to the Facebook Live videos that I do, it's, a, it's something that you've just got to see for yourself, right? So to become a friend of the show is very easy. You just go over to OutsideTheWalls.com and you click on the tab that says friend of the show. There's a little appeal there. You get to see my adorable children and you say, oh, oh, I want to support those guys. Those guys are cute. Those kids are really cute. And you fill out the information from the link. There's a little button that says become a friend of the show after you read the little appeal. Uh, you fill out your information I get notified that you were so kind and you wanted to become uh, eligible for these excellent uh, premium content items. Uh, and then I give you, I send you, I email you a login. You go back to that same page, friend of the show, and over in that right-hand sidebar, there's a little login. You log in and you get all the premium content and you get enrolled for the drawings. Uh, we're going to start off doing about two a month. So you've got two weeks before the next giveaway, always give them away on a Friday. At least I say always. I did this last time, so we'll see. Maybe I'll do one live sometime. Uh, but no, we've got uh, got the giveaways. You've got two weeks to go to that and become a friend of the show. Monthly gift of at least $10 a month to keep this show running, clicking along with, uh, with great joy and fanfare. So let's get back to Mother Teresa. Uh, because she's a woman who understands poverty, right? And that's where we... No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm only partially joking. 
So we're going to talk about Mother Teresa today because she's being canonized. Uh, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to watch that that canonization mass that's going to occur. I'm going to I'm going to watch it over at CatholicTV.com. They have an i uh, an Apple TV app, so you can watch it on the TV uh, rather than sitting in front of the computer and waking everybody else up. So uh, that's coming up, and. Uh, when I, when I recognized, oh, wow, it's upon us, it's here, and, and this is the day she's going to be canonized, I, I wanted to do a show on Mother Teresa. Because here is uh, a little Albanian nun, Albanian heritage, born in Macedonia, and uh, she went into religious life. Her father died when she was very young, and uh, her mother opened an embroidery shop to be able to take care of her, worked with her hands, and took care of her, and then she went into religious life, moved to Ireland, went into religious life, I don't remember the name of the order, and was in in a convent, in the walls of the convent. And at some point, she decided that that was not the life for her, that she didn't want to be in the convent. She wanted to be out among the people. She felt the call of God to work among the poorest of the poor, And so like St. Francis of Assisi, she left uh, the life that she had, the stable and secure life, and went into a life where she not only worked with those who were impoverished, but she embraced the poverty herself. She lived a a very simple life outside the walls. And let me tell you, just, just in her actions, because actions speak louder than words, she influenced, I mean, I can't even uh, uh, fathom the the breadth of her influence. Now, certainly she has her detractors. Everyone in the world has their detractors. Uh, You could be the saintliest person in the world. Of course, she's about to be one of the saintly, right? Because she's being canonized. Uh, But you could be perfect and still, you were, you would have your detractors. In fact, uh, our reading today from uh, from Scripture is going to address that some. Uh, but here she is. She's giving up everything to be able to care for the poorest of the poor when they would receive no other care uh, any other way. And here she is, known throughout the world. Everyone knows Mother Teresa. Everyone knows the the missionaries of charity and their white habits with the little blue stripes. Everyone recognizes she has become iconic. Uh, And uh, there's this wonderful uh, anecdote about her that someone once asked a Hindu, what is a Christian? And because of her life and her influence, his answer was, a Christian is someone who gives. And so Mother Teresa calls us over and over and over again to be a people that give, not only financially, but to give love and to give self and to give presence. We're going to talk about that right after this break with uh, Sister Margaret Carey, Daughters of St. Paul. You're not going to want to go anywhere. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. And of course, you can always get to our blog and other content at outside the We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. 
Thanks for sticking around through the break. Well, we're talking today about the upcoming canonization of Mother Teresa to be a, a saint, Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Uh, that's happening tomorrow, very, very early in the morning. So you're you're going to want to have to you're going to you know don't go to sleep or wake up early, uh, four o'clock Eastern. And you can get to that, uh, watch it live online at catholictv.com. They're under their papal, papal programming section. You'll see the, the link for the Blessed Mother Teresa canonization mass. Click on that, and, uh, you know, it, it'll be worth the extra time, uh, the, the lack of sleep, to watch this historic occasion. We're talking today with Sister Margaret Carey. She's going to tell us her, her whole longer name here in a second. She's a daughter of St. Paul. Uh, and has a very interesting connection with Mother Teresa. Sister Margaret, thanks for being on the show today. You're welcome. It's good to be here. So talk to me a little bit about your personal connection with Mother Teresa. Well, of course, um, it happened way back when she first her, when she first was known. My mom read about her, and I was considering the Daughters of St. Paul. So I'm back in Louisiana, and my mom says, so why aren't you joining the Missionaries of Charity? Mother Teresa, look what she's doing. And I said, well, how do you know about Mother Teresa, Mom? She said, I read about her. I said, exactly. <laughs> that was my connect, first connection. Yeah. If you can read about someone and inspire, I wanted to be in a, a communications order, mm-hmm. someone who tells others about the good. And that's what Something Beautiful for God did for the world when that book came out. So I had Mother Teresa in my heart since then because I knew my mom really watched her and saw what she was doing. When I heard she was coming to Kentucky, I went down from Cincinnati, where I was stationed at the time. And this was in 1988. Okay. And I didn't expect to really meet her, but I did. I actually went over and sat with her at table and... I said to her, the first thing I said was, can I give you a big kiss? (laughs) (laughs) And she turned and smiled and she nodded and I just hugged her and gave her a big smooch on the cheek. And I felt like I was melting into her because she was so soft and and sweet and simple. The other thing I noticed was that she actually was eating at a, huge spread, a big table of food that people had put out for her. And my impression of her was that she would say, no, this food belongs to the poor and, you know, we're going to eat simple. Instead, right. she she allowed herself to be served with whatever food came. And when people brought over and said, here's a dessert, she took a bite out of it. She was very kind and gentle toward everyone. And then she really wanted to go see the kids, the children that were there. She went out into the hall and started blessing them. So that was my encounter. And then I wrote her a letter afterwards and invited her to come to Cincinnati because we were going to have a big event. And I knew that she was coming to our event in Chicago. Well, she was supposed to. So that's, you know, that's part of the story. I'll finish the rest. Okay. Um, as we go. <laughs> so I actually, when, when I invited you on here, I, I invited you because of a connection I have, and this is just the importance of, of connections, I think, uh, with one of your sisters. Uh, Sister Teresa Alethea has been on the show a couple of times. She is my second daughter's godmother. And she said, oh, well, have I, I said, I'm looking for someone to talk about Mother Teresa. And she says, oh, I have the sister for you. <laughs> <laughs> And I wanted to talk a little bit about Mother Teresa because this is a very uh, 
interesting practice that we have in the Catholic Church, this process of canonization. And so one of the things that canonization does, as I see it as a convert, is it provides us uh, relational connection to the church triumphant, that church that's in heaven, that's uh, praying for us, interceding for us, and worshiping before the throne of God. Uh, It provides us connection in a way that says, hey, here are the people that you knew, that you can look at their lives, that you can see the way uh, to live appropriately. And little did I know that you actually had the opportunity to be in her presence, and and you hugged her. So that makes you, you're going to be a second-class relic, right? That's right, yes. And I have a letter from her, which is um, another second-class relic. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a, a thing that Mother Teresa was known for. She sent letters just about to anybody who would write to her. Uh, and often they were very, they were handwritten. Often they were very simple. But just that process of saying, this person who's right in front of me right now is the most important thing that I can do. Yes. And, and she taught that even when she wrote back to me. It was more about being there with people. And there was one famous quote that she used to talk about a lot. Um, I think it, I read it in a book about a priest who was helping the poor at his door. And she said, do more than give them food. They need your presence. Mm-hmm. And I think her writing letters was her way of being present to people all over the world, even though she traveled and was physically present. Right. She didn't hesitate to keep in touch um, in various ways. And that, that's very inspiring to me to this day. Now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about your name, because Mother Teresa was not her name, right? She, she, she was Albanian. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this, but you can find it on Wikipedia, the whole name. Uh, but she gave up that name, and she gave up that identity when she entered into religious life. And you, you had a, seri- a, a similar experience when you came into the Daughters of St. Paul. Uh, you gave up the name that you grew up with, and you took on a whole new identity, a lengthy one from what I gather. So, (laughs) (laughs) so who are you now, sister Margaret? (laughs) Um, before I entered, I was Peggy. That was um, what my family called me. And of course, when I joined the postulancy, the sister said, well, we are going to use your baptism name, Margaret. Okay. And I was baptized Margaret Mary. So at my profession, I had the ability to write down some names, and my mom's name was Angela, and my dad was Joseph. But there was already a sister, Margaret Joseph, and there was already a sister, Mary Angela. And so I was asked, well, what is your grandfather's name? <laughs> so I said, well, there's Hortense, and there's... And I said, Charles. And they're like, oh, okay, that's all. And then it was announced to me the next morning. Well, un- unbeknownst to me and what God has planned, I made my profession November 1st. John Paul II... Right before I was professed, became Pope, his name was Carol Charles. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends from Rome wrote to me and said, oh, you're named with the same name as the Pope. So I said, wow, well, one day he might be canonized. (laughs) (laughs) And little did you know. (laughs) So that's part of it. And then when I was ready to take my vows, my mother said to me, oh, I hope you didn't take Mary out of your name. I wanted all the girls to have Mary in their name. So I asked to be called Margaret Mary Charles. And so the official, my official profession name is, uh, includes the name of Mary and Charles after Carol Watiwa. Mm -hmm. And also, um, 
it reminds me, I think, of the fact that we have, as you said, Mother Teresa, given up our identity. Um, we have an identity in Christ of baptism, mm-hmm. but this is sort of solidifying that identity again through the consecrated life and saying, now I want to be even more like Christ in imitation of, a, of other saints. Right. So that I can put on Christ. Well, I mean, this is a picture uh, of the character of God from the very beginning. When he calls someone into a new life, he gives them a new name. You have this with Abraham and Abram, right? You had this with, uh, with Saul becoming Paul. Yes. So yeah. this is, is a, a not uncommon thing for those who are called out of their old life and into a new life. Uh, which which you experienced, which Mother Teresa experienced. She, who was a little Albanian nun, uh, who decided to work among the poorest of the poor in India. Uh, and, you know, for me, she was one of the reasons that I became Catholic. You know, I grew up in, wow. the, in the Methodist church. Uh, and not so much her work specifically, but what it means for Catholicism. Because I, I was looking for a church that was, uh, one, was had a strong sacramental theology and had a strong moral theology. And in the Protestant churches, you can get either one or the other, but they don't really go hand in hand in the Protestant world. So then you're left with the ancient churches, but all of the other ancient churches are very bound up in a cultural identity. And in the Catholic church, I found this prophetic witness to the world, because where else but the Catholic church are you going to find a little Albanian nun working among the poorest of the poor in India Coming and telling an American president what for? Well, yes. Right? Yes. There, there's this spirit of uh, Catholicity, uh, of uh, universal authority that, that is given in the Catholic Church that you really don't find anywhere else. Yes, and Mother Teresa, um, you know, you could say it was such a simple life, and yet it was so profound because she was transformed in Christ um, among us, as we are all called to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Catholic Church, I think, emphasizes that when we talk about canonization and the saints, it's really about our call to holiness. It's saying these are models that the church has said, yes, they actually have lived faith, hope, and love to the extreme uh, that God has called them to. And we can also do the same. And through their intercession, I mean, I'm calling on the saints all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've got Mother Teresa's picture right in front of me as I talk to you. And I'm saying, okay, now you're there. Now you've seen it all. Um, help me out with this today. Yeah. And it's so wonderful, this communion of saints. It's just, uh, I rely on it. Just as I pick up the phone and call my mom, I will pick up my prayer phone and call on the saints. Yeah. We're talking with Sister Margaret Carey. She's a daughter of St. Paul. Find out more about them over at pauline.org. We're we're talking about the canonization of Mother Teresa. That's coming up tomorrow, actually tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Eastern. Uh, We're going to tell you how to watch that and talk about much more just after this break. Why don't you join the conversation over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. Uh, tell me a story that you have uh, that's particularly meaningful from the lives of the saints. We'll be right back after this. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Oh, so glad you're here. We're talking today with Sister Margaret Mary Charles of the Daughters of St. Paul. Uh, it is. Uh, we'll talk about that order a little bit here in a second, but it's a media order. If you've ever thought, yo, I can't be a sister. I'm not that holy. I, I you know, I, I don't want to just sit around and and uh, think holy thoughts all day long. Well, you know, th- there's life in the vocation uh, beyond pious pictures that you may have in your head. Uh, sisters do all kinds of things from, from teaching to uh, hospital work. In fact, uh, when I was in Tulsa, there's a, an, a hospital that's run by the Sisters of, uh, of Mercy uh, from Alma, Michigan. And, you know, you, you have this picture in your head of what a, a sister is, but here are these sisters with, uh, one, one of them was a surgeon, another one was, uh, you know, they, just this vast amounts of learning, vast amounts of, of skill in ways that you might not ordinarily think of when you think of a sister or a nun. And so here we're talking with Sister Margaret, who is in a media order, an order that specifically invested in spreading the good news through mass media. So, Sister, thank you again for being on the show. Talk to us a little bit about the Daughters of St. Paul and what you do. Oh, well, you know, there was the connection with Mother Teresa and When she wrote to me, she said, I pray that you will be able to reach out to the spiritually poor to satisfy their hunger for God. And that really is um, what our founder, Blessed James Alberione, said. A good part of today's world suffers from a shortage of bread, and there is a far greater shortage of spiritual bread. Mm -hmm. So he also said, use all of the media, anything that's new, anything that's founded in the future to spread the gospel reach the ends of the earth, which is part of the gospel imperative. Right. So how do we bring the, the gospel to the marketplace? I guess you'd say he always said, clothe it in the medium that you're using. So if it's radio, make a good radio. If it's a film, make it a great film, you know, bring the beauty, truth, and goodness in all that we do. So we have book centers around the world, about 500 of those. Hmm. Um, but we also have radio stations. We also make movies, do a lot of social media today. And any of the means like art, um, design, graphic art that will make the gospel uh, like he said, Mary clothed Jesus. The word became flesh. Let us clothe the word of God in the best. Hmm. So he wanted it to be the best media. You know, I love a couple of of sisters in your order that I follow on social media. Uh, Obviously, Sister Teresa Alethea, who is a, a friend of mine. Uh, but she introduced me to the order, and then I, I came across Sister Helena Burns, who is a film critic uh, on the blog Hell Burns, which I think is just hilarious, uh, and Sister Rose Paquette, and just a number of others that I've found such uh, spiritual edification through the work that y'all do uh, as the Daughters of St. Paul. And it's St. Paul, of course, because he was a missionary going out and spreading the word, Yes. Yes, indeed. In fact, um, Blessed Alberione said it was really St. Paul who founded you. And just as we are as the church, the body of Christ, he had the audacity to say the Paulines are the body of Paul today. Hmm. And there are 10 religious orders within our grouping. So there's four of religious sisters, one of priests and brothers, and the rest are all lay people who can consecrate themselves within the Pauline family for media evangelization and, and even reparation for the media. So. Oh, wow. 
Well, now th- this brings up a very interesting uh, topic that that I wanted to get to at some point in this conversation, and that is uh, you're talking about being the body of Paul. From for yeah. someone who's not Catholic, or maybe for someone who grew up Catholic, that might sound a little weird. So, talk to me about what it means to be in communion with St. Paul or with any of the saints, to have this communion of the saints, uh, what does it offer us uh, practically, spiritually, and, and what is our connection to the saints? We say that every week in the creed, I believe in the communion of the saints. What does that mean? Well, goodness, you know, just when you're speaking, I think of Eucharist, because our first connection is to that Last Supper and Jesus' offering on the cross. And at the foot of the cross, when he said, Behold your mother, to John, and John, behold, um, and to Mary, behold your son. Right there, we're witnessing a communion of saints. And that communion is 2,000 years old now, and boy, is it filled up. Mm-hmm. We are in the body of Christ through baptism. We enter into the church, the body of Christ. And within that church, there are brothers and sisters. Some of us are very sinful. Some of us are trying hard. And then there are those who the church has said, they have done it. No matter what hardships they had in their life, what difficulties they overcame, even some of the sinfulness that they relied so much on the mercy of God. If you think of St. Paul, he said, you know, I'm the greatest of sinners. I did not deserve this call. And yet now, as a communion of saints, what we meet, what we believe is that they can help us. How do they help us? They help us when we ask, yes. But I've witnessed, I mean, I've had um, things happen to me that I never even prayed to that saint, and yet I know that that person of the saint was present in my life to help me live Christ. Mm-hmm. It would be like someone pulling somebody else out of a well. You know, Jesus used that parable. If somebody's in a well, you want to pull them out. Right. Um Uh, no matter what day of the week it is. So uh, the communion of saints is like Jacob's ladder where the angels are going up and down. So we want to grab on to that ladder. We want to go, we want to be able to be in communion with the saints who have made it. The church says if they've lived heroic faith, heroic love and heroic hope, that is the criteria for canonization. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the miracles, which is something the church is like, okay, show us a little bit, <laughs> tell us something. Well, about- yeah, I've always understood that to be, hey, you know, if you are really through with your purification and you're before the throne of God, if we, if, if you intercede for us, God's going to answer that prayer. And so that 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 miracle is not some magic thing that a saint does, but rather it's some kind of empirical, as it were, right? Uh, Some kind of proof that that person is actually praying for us before the throne of God. It it just, it's the milestone that, yeah, okay, they actually made it. Good. (laughs) Right, it is. Yes, the miracles are signs that, okay, I'm present and I can be really in your life because I am fully in present to God Mm -hmm. in as much as I can be present to God in this other um, life that we are all called to. The fullness so let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, this whole idea of canonization is, uh, is not to say that this per- th- these saints that we have, this list of saints that we have, these are the people who are in heaven, uh, because these are the people that the church celebrates their life, that the church sets as witnesses before us to learn and grow from, but this does not preclude your relatives, Right. 
uh, the, 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 they may never be canonized. They may never have the church have an official prayer or feast day for them. But we have great hope that these people are before the throne of God as well. And that doesn't make them a second-class saint, right? They are just every bit as much a saint as the canonized saints. It's just that the canonized saints are the ones the church recognizes for the purpose of public prayer, right? Yes, it's true. And the church, you know, says, please pray for people who have passed on, because we don't know if they're in purgation, if they're still um, waiting to be purified for the fully presence of God. Mm -hmm. However, I've found myself when I'm praying, sometimes I'll look at my dad who passed on and I'll, and I'll, I'll say, dad, you know, think of us here. And I'll call him Joseph of Pensacola because he died in Pensacola. And I'll call my, you know, my great grandmother, something of Missouri, Uh, you know, so I kind of put a little attachment like St. Anthony of the desert type of thing. (laughs) Because the saints are also, if nothing else, they are, we are physically present in this life and they've lived the life we live. Mm -hmm. They've gone through this hardship and they've done it. Um, if they've had a holy death we're you know, we're saying, Oh good, they've made it, but we still pray for them because the church hasn't canonized them. Right. But we'll pray to them. You're right. We can also ask them for favors and say, okay, show us something. Yeah. Intercede for us. You know, by, by, by your intercession, may God grant that we can, see more clearly or that, you know, uh, we, we, uh, my wife and I, we had a couple of, of miscarriages, uh, and mm. the, the church doesn't give us really any certainty about that because there are some theological questions there. But, but what we can say is that we rely on the mercy of God and we entrust them to the mercy of God. And, and I pray for them and I pray to them. And if nothing else, it provides me great hope. Yes. Yes, uh, but there's the, there's this picture that the author of Hebrews gives us of this great cloud of witnesses. That, I love that that urges us on to live holy lives, to strive for the gospel, uh, and that's what the communion of the saints does for us uh, as we yes. as we pray to them, as we uh, as we ask for their intercession. It's that through their witness, through their experiences, which they still have, they're not like different people in heaven. They are the people they were, uh, who are now experiencing the the glories of the presence of God. Uh, But with all of those experiences, now they pray for us, and they urge us on to holiness that we could be saints. That's our goal, right? Yes, yes. And that quote that you had, we have not drawn near to an untouchable mountain, Mm -hmm. which is from the letter of the Hebrews. And I often think of that. We are drawing near to something fantastically great through the merits of the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are able to now get near that untouchable mountain, and all of those saints, those cloud, that cloud, the original cloud, right? Mm-hmm. The right. cloud of witnesses that we can call on, that will be surrounding us um, in whatever we do during the day, in a veil that is so thin for them, but for us, we can't see on the other. Sister, thank you so much for being on the show today. We've been talking with Sister Margaret Carey of the Daughters of St. Paul. Uh, Go to pauline.org to learn more about their order. But we'll be right back after this. We're going to continue talking about the canonization of Mother Teresa coming tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. You can watch it on catholictv.org. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. Glad you're here. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Okay, I got a job for you. I want you to go over to social media. Whichever one is your preference, facebook.com slash step outside the walls, uh, or on Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. And I want you to talk to me about uh, the impact that Mother Teresa had on your life. I'm sure that you have some memory uh, of hearing about Mother Teresa, of watching her speak, of whatever the case may be. What is something about the life of Mother Teresa that has stood out to you and made an impact on you? Uh, come over to social media and let's have a conversation. Let's see how everyone was affected. I just now told you uh, the, the way that it affected me. It was even before I came into the Catholic Church. This idea that this tiny little small-framed woman uh, could get up in front of the UN, in front of the President of the United States, in front of whoever it was, and proclaim the truth with such authority that even when they were dead set against her in disagreement, they knew they had to listen. They knew they had to at least hear. And, and here's the thing. Even if she did not change their minds, the fact that that witness went out and was spoken as profoundly as it was meant that now they were culpable for that information, right? There is this prophetic witness to the world that God sends his prophets not just to those who will repent, but to everyone. Uh, And so, man, that just, to me, to see everyone treat her with such respect in a very similar way to what you would see in the Protestant world with, uh, with Billy Graham, right? That people disagree with him all the time, but don't you know they're going to listen? People disagree with the Pope all the time, but gosh, if he invites you to come, guess what? You're going to be going. And, and so there's this authority that we see there uh, with Mother Teresa, with, with really the papacy in general, depending on regardless of who it is, uh, that, that struck me as being important, as being authentic. Uh, and so that's how she impacted my life, just by her witness, just by doing what it was that she did. Uh, so when we get to the, the point in the show where we're going to do a reading, generally do a reading from church history, I'm actually going to pull a couple of paragraphs out of her address to the UN uh, Gosh, back in, let's see when this was. I've got it open on the computer. Uh, Back in 1985. Uh, And just the words that she spoke to these dignitaries and heads of state, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. She didn't, you know, she didn't couch her language. Uh, She didn't try to change what she talked about, right? It's not, okay, well, we're going to talk to a more secular audience, and so we're going to use more secular language. No, she had them open up the whole thing with that that prayer often erroneously attributed to St. Francis, which I think is really funny because she's she's got her own fair share of quotes erroneously attributed to her, and she's not even a saint yet until tomorrow. Uh, but no, she had them start off with that that uh, that St. Francis prayer, the make me an instrument of your peace. That's how she starts it out. And it just gets more uh, focused on God from that point. And this is a little old Albanian nun, uh, Albanian sister, working with the poorest of poor, giving dignitaries what for? Because they see the fruit in her life and they know that they have to, they have to listen. 
So that's that's how she impacted me. How did she impact you? Come over. Let's let's share our stories about Mother Teresa over on social media. I look forward to seeing it there. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We just got a, a little bit of time left. I want to read to you from uh, from church. Uh, well, I want to read to you from Mother Teresa. Not from it is church history, but it's very 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 recent history. And I also want to read to you from Scripture because today is the feast day of Saint Gregory. Uh, and the reading today, I think, is really excellent in light of Mother Teresa, in light of the controversy that certain people have with her life. And, you know, people in the world, they're not really happy that she's a saint. They're saying that we're, the Catholics are, are betraying themselves. But, you know, it's, it's the media. It, there's always a storm. They make tempests out of teapots. Uh, but I want to read to you this reading, first reading today. It comes from 1 Corinthians 4. Brothers and sisters, learn from myself and Apollos not to go beyond what is written, so that none of you will be inflated with pride in favor of one person over against another. Who confers distinction upon you? What do you possess that you have not received? But if you have received it, why are you boasting as if you did not receive it? You were already satisfied. You have already grown rich. You have become kings without us. Indeed, I wish that you had become kings so that we might also become kings with you. For as I see it, God has exhibited us apostles as the last of all, like people sentenced to death, since we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and men alike. We are fools on Christ's account, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You were held in honor, but we in disrepute. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clad and roughly treated. We wander about homeless, and we toil, working with our own hands. When ridiculed, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we respond gently. We have become like the world's rubbish, the scum of all to this very moment. I am writing you this not to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Even if you should have countless guides to Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That reading is from today, uh, from the book of 1 Corinthians. And, and I think that that speaks to Mother Teresa's life. She became uh, poor and nothing. She became even in in many cases held in disrepute. Uh, there are whole books written about her in, in, in negative lights. She was poorly clad and roughly treated, and yet to this day she blesses the world not only with her intercessions, but also with her witness that echoes to this day. So I want to read to you, speaking of that witness that echoes, I want to read to you this speech a portion of a speech that she gave to the UN General Assembly in 1985. And so today, when we have gathered here together, let us carry in our hearts one strong resolution. I will love. I will be a carrier of God's love. For that is what Jesus came to teach us, how to love one another and to bring him to love at home, in our own family, to those that are unwanted, maybe in our own family, we have the lowly. We all speak of the terrible hunger, what I've seen in Ethiopia, 
what I've seen in other places, especially these days in terrible places like Ethiopia. But the people in hundreds and thousands are facing death just for a piece of bread, for a glass of water. People have died in my own hands, and yet we forget why they and not we. Let us love again. So let us share. Let us pray that this terrible suffering be removed from our people. Let us share with them the joy of loving. And where does love begin? Again, I say, in our family, in our home. Let us bring love, peace, and joy through prayer. Let us bring prayer. Pray together, for prayer will give you a clean heart. I will pray for you that you may grow in this love of God by loving one another as he loves each one of you, and especially that through this love you become holy. Holiness is not a luxury of the few. It is a simple duty for each one of us. For holiness brings love, and love brings peace, and peace brings us together. And let us not be afraid, for God is with us if we allow him, if we give him the joy of a pure heart. Let us pray. Let us pray for each other. And you pray for us also, that we may continue God's work with great love. You have seen those young sisters consecrating their lives totally to the service of the poorest of the poor. These young sisters take care of 158,000 lepers in the Middle East, in Africa, and India. And so much joy, new life has come into their lives. Why? Because there is somebody who loves them, somebody who wants them, somebody who will give them tender love and care. I was asked the other day, what are you going to do in this place? We have everything. The government gives us everything. What will you do here? I said, only. I will give tender love and care. No money can give that. So you and I, let us begin with that tender love and care in our own home. For this is what we have been created for. This is what Jesus came to teach us, to love one another as he loves each one of us. We have many poor people around the world, but I find that the poverty of loneliness, the poverty of being unwanted, unloved, uncared, just left, a throwaway of society, is a very difficult and very, very burdensome poverty, very difficult to remove. I have picked up from the streets hungry people, and by giving them to eat, by giving them a bed to sleep, I have removed the suffering. But for the lonely, the shut-ins, the unwanted, it's not so easy. And so there you and I must come forward and share the joy of loving. But we cannot give what we do not have. That's why we need to pray. And prayer will give us a clean heart, and a clean heart will allow us to see God in each other. And if we see God in each other, we will be able to live in peace. And if we live in peace, we will be able to share the joy of loving each other, and God will be with us. I've got all the links to how to watch Mother Teresa's canonization over on my blog. You can get there by going to OutsideTheWalls.com, clicking on the blog link. Uh, go to social media this week, Facebook.com slash StepOutsideTheWalls. Twitter, the handle's at OutsideTheWalls. Outside the Walls is a co-production of Redbox Media and St. Michael Radio, heard around the world on live streaming, terrestrial radio, and podcast. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.